It's Friday, November 5th, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast here in Orlando, safe and sound, back from the Terror Dome. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Hi there. And once again, sitting in for the very absent Jamie Ivey is Relevant's associate editor from Nagababa, Texas. You got it. Please welcome downtown Emily Brown. Hey y'all! I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. Hey Emily, how's it going? Good. <laughs> don't act too excited to be here. Hey Emily, pronounce it one more time for us. Let's just put this thing to rest one more time, and then we're done. Nacogdoches. Okay, I Nacogdoches. I, I get it when Got you it. say it. I don't get it when I'm reading it from the rundown because it doesn't make sense. I, I know it's I. I don't. I don't want this. To, it sounds like it could be like a nut collection as well. Like I know it has you know a nut uh, collection. Historic meaning. Like, hey, you want some nacogdoches? Oh, and it's like, like a mix macadamia of exotic nuts. Nut. Yeah, yeah exactly. okay. It's an exotic exactly. nut. Yeah. 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 Well, there are a lot of exotic nuts in her town. So I knew you were gonna say makes that. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to uh, Brandon Lake. I don't. I mean, I, I was going to say Mad City Music's Brandon Lake. I was going to say Bethel Music's Brandon Lake. I was. Th- he's on everything. Brandon Lake joins yeah. us. Uh, you don't want to miss that. Plus, we have relevant news and some other stuff. All right. Before we get rolling, though, okay, we are post satanic holiday. <laughs> Thankfully, we can purge our system of November all of that. November second, election day. You're talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> we are Yo, fully I'm... in the happy holidays and in, in the thankfulness holidays, the generosity holidays, the celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior holidays. We can exhale. All the demonic stuff is behind us. Uh, mm-hmm. How are you guys feeling now that we're fully in November? Cameron, I got a question. Yeah. How many people were mad that we talked about Halloween Zero as much people. as we did. Zero people. Zero? All these kids I, who grew up okay. in the church, here's the thing. Nobody celebrates Halloween like church kids who never got to celebrate yeah. Halloween. You know what I'm saying? We're all in on Kevin the joke on, together. Kevin on stage said that. He was He was like, nobody celebrates it like ex-church kids. Like, I, I got a couple comments. Like, I posted some memes and, and it was just some guys that were like, oh, Christians celebrating Halloween. I was confused. I was, But I looked, it was an older guy and he's a conspiracy theorist. And I, 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 <laughs> just ignore everything I saw it was like says. there's like the, the Venn diagram for conspiracy theorists no Halloween and Boomer is like it's like there's it's, it's just like a circle a right in the middle like it's just that's what it is yeah I, I blame boomers for the weirdness with Halloween. Like, because to, to your guys' point, like, there's no one I know anymore that has reservations about trick or treating. Like, because no I think everyone just realized, like, well, the trunk or treat, it's literally the same thing. We just put a different name on it. Like, we're doing, we're dressing up <laughs> and going from one person's little occupy space to another to collect candy with children. It doesn't work like that. I can't call. That's like me saying, hey, man, I'm not doing drugs. I call them grugs. And so it's no big deal. I just changed the name. Like, those aren't drugs. Those aren't drugs. It's like, just a it substance I like take that. in to make me feel better. You know? Yeah. It's exactly. Right? Yeah. It does, you can't just relabel it. But I blame boomers because if there's if there's one demographic, they created, like, Halloween's bigger than it's ever been. Right? You can't go anywhere without it look like you're walking onto the set of, like, an 80s horror movie. Right? Like, there right. are. And it's <laughs> most 
of the Halloween costumes I saw among adults this year, which I, which everyone seemed to be dressed up. Whether like people are just going to check their mail, it's like, well, I should probably dress up this year. You know, like <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's post COVID or 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 all this pent up uh, uh, post evangelical legalism that has people all fired up for the holiday. <laughs> but like everyone was dressed up as like '90s nostalgia. I saw yeah. some Ace Ventura's I saw out so there. So many Scooby Doo like, characters. Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yes, I saw what? a ton of Scooby Doo. Why? That must I don't be know. a Nagadocious thing. That's a Nagadocious no, thing. No, it was I, on I my saw, TikTok too. I saw, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, I saw. I saw of Wilma or oh Velma. Velma. Yeah. I saw a lot of Velma. I saw yeah, a Velma. Not just Scooby Doo, like the yeah. characters. Oh, I thought you were talking about the dog. I'm sorry. Is it like? <laughs> is it like the ironic nostalgic of the reboot early 2000s late 90s Scooby or is it like 70s authentic Hanna Barbera? I didn't look that closely it's, at the costumes. Because there's two different generations. You know what I mean? There's Is two it? different I generations didn't, I didn't, of Scooby-Doo. I didn't realize that. I think, yeah. I think they're still making Scooby-Doo. So, like, I don't know if it just, if everyone was, like, remembered that they loved this, you know, mystery-solving dog friend group. But I just saw so many people dress up as, like, the dog and Fred and Velma and all of them. And I was like, so I missed the memo on this. Like, I didn't realize we all were doing this. That's what I left out. I just See? feel like every I feel like everything that like the boomers like every cultural thing the boomers withheld mm. is like fair game now. Mm. Like yeah. I'm talking <laughs> hard drugs. Prom, kids like proms. I remember, you know, boomers weren't yeah. letting their kids go to prom and stuff like that. It's like um all of my like peers that are that are a little bit older and they got like kids going to prom or whatever it's like oh it's fair game they they going crazy you know what i'm saying it's 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 like it kind of backfired for real it's, it, <laughs> it, it, it backfired a little bit here's how you know it didn't work here's how you know it didn't work any of those kids that grew up under you know this this really strict uh evangelical parents who were you know making you do the trunk or treat or the you know harvest party or holy ghost wiener roast or whatever <laughs> and, and were in and, and, and believes in like you know if you go knock on your neighbor's door and ask for candy you're somehow summoning some spirit right. go on go on facebook where the boomers hang these days and look how many of them are posting pictures with their grandchildren now dressed up to go trick oh, yeah. or treating oh, it's yeah. like sorry oh, yeah. Sorry, my parents are pretty chill, but this is a message for all those boomers who withheld it from my generation. No pictures with the grandkids in costumes. It didn't work for my generation. This is the price you have to pay. Like, yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There has to be penalties for depriving a generation of a fun childhood thing. Man, let them kids dress up like Iron Man and eat candy till their stomach hurt. Like, it, it, it's, that's what I'm trying to say. You feel me? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But we on the Thanksgiving, which is the most slept on holiday. We know somebody here hates this holiday. Uh, what? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. Before we get things, I was at. I was at. Like the parents on my on my, my neighborhood go harder than the kids, like by a thousand. Okay. Oh, for Not real? Talking close. about in, yeah. in your neighborhood, the parents. Yeah. Are- so we had we had a little cold. We always have a cul-de-sac kind of party, which attracts people from the neighborhood to come hang out before the trick or treating begins. Right. So I'm out there just kind of chopping it up, and you know making the rounds, saying hi to all the neighbors. And I, you know, a, a few weeks ago, I had been out with one of my neighbors at his uh, uh, at his house, and he had some dudes over uh, for like a poker night. And I think I told the story on the podcast of one guy there, like literally almost clinically overdosed on Oreos. Like he broke out in sweats. He had eaten like four sleeves. Yeah. It was his first night away, like from his wife and him were doing this big diet. And he's like, not tonight. It's guy's night. You know, I mean, it's innocent fun, but he got, he got very, very ill from Oreos. And I think I told the story on the podcast. So anyway, 
I'm talking to some some guys out on the block, and one of the dudes out there, we're, we're just kind of, you know, he's like, hey, man, I was with this guy in the back of the neighborhood the other night, and we were just kind of out to eat or whatever, and I was telling him the Oreo story, and he goes, wait, I have heard this story somewhere. And he's like, what are you talking about? I haven't told you the Oreo story. He's like, no, no, I've heard this Oreo story, this exact same story I've heard. Turns out that dude listened to the podcast uh, and and heard it here. And he's like, wait, do you know those guys? He's like, I, I am those guys. I was like, I, I got to be careful what I say here. I got to be careful. I got people in the neighborhood listening now. You know? Jesse, I told you I was in the park. It was years ago, but I mean, I was in the park one time and I was calling for my dog. And a, and a random man, a neighbor goes, Hey, I listen to your podcast. Like he recognized my voice and he lived next door to me. That was weird. This, this neighbor said, he's like, Hey, he's like, you know, I've been listening to that show for a long time. And I saw Jesse ride by in his bike and I tried to get his attention. And honestly, he kind of just, he was just kind of like, Hey, what's up, man? And kept riding. I was like, well, what did he say to get my attention? He said, when you rode by, he got hello, hello. And he said, (laughs) you just said, Hey, what's up, man? To be fair, I didn't. I thought that's a common thing. I didn't know. I didn't know. Just, just, just wave me down, listener. Hey, just say, he thought just, you curved him, bro. He's I, know, like, hey, I feel junk. terrible. I don't even know where this guy lives. I feel awful now. I feel terrible. I feel like a jerk. That's funny. But, you know. All right. Well, we have a great show. Let's get it rolling. Stay tuned. Up next, Tyler joins us for Relevant News. Listening to the anxiety, Willow and Tyler Cole. The song is "Meet Me at Our Spot." I have listened to this song on repeat. I probably listened to it eighty times this week, and it was huge on TikTok right now. And it's just an earworm that gets stuck in your head, and now it's stuck in your head. You're welcome. Well, before we get to relevant news, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from being happy or achieving your goals or keeping you from experiencing peace? With the heaviness of all that's happening in our world, it can be difficult to find purpose and joy sometimes. And that's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. To top it all off, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. So as a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash relevant. Okay, it's time for Relevant Please welcome to the show, Relevant Senior Editor, Tyler Huckabee, telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. What's going on? So I wanted this week, I wanted to share this. This is a this is I know I feel like we have a reputation in Relevant News for bringing the bad news. Um, for for bringing for, <laughs> for being kind of a downer. What you know? Yeah, there's a no, lot, there's a lot of bad news. There's a lot of bad news out there. But this is I didn't know there was know, a maybe, reputation. Yeah, well, I I feel like maybe on staff I reputation. I feel like people talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> did, yeah, I was gonna say, how did you find out about this reputation? It, it sounds like you were like, 
under the bleachers after a basketball <laughs> game and you heard some of like the cheerleaders like have you listened to relevant news it's lately? So negative. So negative. Like that's you know, it's like, Is that where you heard it? Because that's where I heard it, Tyler. I, insofar as I have a reputation at all, which is which I don't think is very much. I feel like relevant news. We're we're trying to find the good, and I don't I don't know if I'd call today's story necessarily good news. You'll see, but but oh, it's but it does involve. Uh, I want to get I want to give props. To it's better than bad news. It's, it's better than bad. It's yeah. It's not. It's it's a. It's, it's definitely. A, it, it's a. It's a cool story so no, that I want to highlight. No Baptists are doing a big scandal cover-up. Well, no, they are, but that's well, not... Yeah. You know, but we're not we, talking we, about we, that. We're not talking about <laughs> it. Yo, chill out. I, let me preface this. Let me just preface for everyone concerned. There is no bad news today, but what I'm about to tell you is good for no one. So anyway, here's what I got. Yeah, I just want to set some context. Um, the chatty Cathy's under the bleachers. Um, all right. So the story that I want to talk about is coming to us from Brookings, Oregon. And in the city of Brookings, apparently the city council there unanimously, and this is the this is not the good news, uh, unanimously approved a limitation that churches in the area can only offer free meals to the homeless twice a week. Okay, uh, this is a big change, and this was, this was not a policy that existed, but they approved it after the council received numerous complaints from people who live near the churches that fed people. Right, so these churches were having these these uh, these gatherings where they would feed the homeless. This was happening every day of the week, and the neighbors they they, they don't like that. You know that that makes them mad. They they there's there's scary people in the area. Uh, they they leave. It's a mess. Uh, they don't like it. So they they started making noise to the city council and the city council unanimously approved the limitation said you can only do this twice a week now um now the this the reason this started happening is because of obviously the pandemic. Uh, many meal services in the town were halted or reduced due to COVID-19 concerns. And uh, we don't really know. There's not a lot of studies yet because it's really hard to judge the impact of COVID-19 on the homeless population in Brookings and everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of ideas, there's a lot of reports out there that we really are underestimating the effects because there's just not a lot of reporting on it. Um, but other, but just like other population groups, obviously the homeless have endured a lot more difficulties and tragedies during the pandemic than people who have a place to go or have access to sanitation have endured. So, uh, according to Reverend Bernie Lindley, who is of St. Timothy's Episcopal Church there, and he's the one who was hosting all of these. And, uh, he says that he said that the council's ordinance would leave some days where people living in the, in the town wouldn't have access to a meal at all. So he says that despite the council's ruling, he will not stop providing free meals and he is willing mm. to go to court over this. He said it's an issue of religious freedom. He says this is the way we express our religion by free by feeding people. It's a it's a Christian rule for him. So he says basically that this ordinance is a violation of his right to practice free religion, which is why he plans to continue to do this. In fact, he even said, and this is pretty metal. I like this. He said, quote, we are not Ooh. going to stop feeding. They're going to have to hand handcuff me and take me to jail it's not going to happen we're not going to stop feeding we're going to do what christ <laughs> that's a, that's compels us to do machine stuff. I and, like it. and i think that rocks i've I've, i'm tired of churches that like churches get in trouble over like dumb stuff like the churches put their put their feet down on the weirdest stuff sometimes stuff that does not matter 
go to jail for feeding the homeless. Thanks. That's awesome. That's the way to, that's the sort of, that's the sort of civil disobedience that I can really get behind. So I wanted to bring this very cool story and uh, hope that this sparks a lot more of that, of that sort of making good trouble. I, I just, I just don't know why he didn't clearly read the verse that said, you know, I was hungry and you fed me. Twice and a week. Remember the poor. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how much more clear. I don't know much how much more clear Jesus has been. The days that starts with T, you can worry about the, the poor. Days that and the starts with T, which only works in English. It doesn't age. work in, in Greek or Hebrew. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's not a perfect yeah, system. But, uh, the poor will always be there. Court, that's how I understand it. See, I thought you were going to bring intersectional faith and culture. I thought you were going to bring the fact that Kanye brought Marilyn Manson up to lead worship this week. What? Oh, oh yeah! Oh, 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 wait, everybody, oh. why? Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like you're the big Kanye fan. Uh, uh, you know, you're sort of our Kanye. Uh, I, I I always appreciate your Kanye takes. What's your take on 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 that kind of? I don't want to call it a stunt because I feel like that's kind of dismissive. But what do you think of that? But actually, here's the thing. For me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? I, I, like I would, you could look at it in one way and say, oh, it's a publicity stunt. But the thing is on one side, and I've seen people say that, but on the thing is there's nothing that he could do that's not a publicity stunt. Hmm. Kanye went to the movies today. It's a publicity stunt. Like it's just like it, if you have more than one celebrity in the middle of anywhere, if they went to Target, people would say it's a publicity stunt. For, for so those like, who, who I, don't know what we're talking about, on Sunday, this past Sunday, Kanye brought back his Sunday services and uh, with the gospel choir and everything and brought up on stage to lead in prayer and worship, brought up Justin Bieber and Marilyn Manson. And, and when we posted on Instagram, the conversation was interesting because a lot of people, because Marilyn Manson is definitively an honorary priest in the Church of Satan. That is a true statement. And so, but is it? Are his parents were also preachers, correct? Or he was raised in a Christian home. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's okay. the right. So, that's mm-hmm. the story. So, so right. a lot of people in our comments were saying, like, "How dare he?" And then some people were saying, "Hey, listen, I mean, it, it, you know, Marilyn Manson can get saved too. That's amazing. Like Kanye is bringing him into the fold." And then a lot of people said, "It's not that he's there. It's that should he be leading." Should he be up mm-hmm. there leading? Like if he's like a coming to Christ or a baby Christian or whatever, maybe he's just an attendee. Why did Kanye put him on mic? You know, that kind of a thing. So, but Kanye is a baby Christian. Hmm. As I'm, saying, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, why, mm-hmm. why are there all these rules on people singing to God? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, like that's my thing. I'm like, let's break it down to what the nuts and bolts of this is. Do it. It's three men singing worship songs now all of them like two of them have one of them has a a crazy tattered past is in the middle of something crazy right now kanye is is been on a roller coaster and beebs has just been trying to figure it out but at the end of the day they sang a song about god it's not like I, i don't see how like i think when we start looking and say yo this guy's a baby christian we don't know if he's a christian we all we know is he got up and sang a song. Like so him singing a song doesn't automatically make him a Christian or a believer. And it also doesn't automatically wipe away his 
situation he's going through with the sexual assault and all of those different things. It's just a man singing a song. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that's the, for me, that's my thing. It's just like, yo, like the Bible said, uh, lay hands on no man suddenly. So I'm not going to just because I saw a photo op. I think the idea of the publicity stunt is more of us looking at celebrities and think everything they do, we automatically jump to rash conclusions or whatever. It could literally just be they were like, yo, let's sing the song together. Um, so like that's that's my thing, bro. Like, you know, that's my that's my island. At. And, and I think like, you, you know, obviously I think it's cool like that, you know, someone like a Marilyn Manson is, you know, openly you know, kind of praising the God that we believe in. The, the the main caution that I have isn't so much of like his sort of reputation as sort of this shock rocker and, and crazy, you know, kind of evil looking stuff. It's like, I don't think we should, my caution is like, I don't necessarily think it's a good practice to have someone with like pending sex, sexual assault allegations on stage. You know what I mean? Like that's my, just because the, the Christian church has, dealt with that for a long time where it's where putting those people on stage kind of sends a conflicted message to victims of sexual abuse, you know? So, and I, and I, I agree with that too. I agree. I agree with that for sure. Like, I think that we have to have a high level of sensitivity to people that are, um, you know, that have been through those different things and the type of optics that that thing delivers. But then also at the same time, I'm saying, Kanye is not a pastor like this guy has just started his journey in a sense like so for me I'm like I I feel like we have all these like boxes that we're like a Christian like the church should be this or that like we're confusing what's happening at Sunday service as what's happening with the Southern Baptist Convention I feel like as far as those optics are concerned like that's like what's happening at Sunday service is not a thing that's a part of, I wouldn't even consider it like a Christian church thing. You know what right. I'm saying? I think it's just a concert and yeah. people are singing, you know what I mean? So at, at, at that level, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know the answers. All I will mm. say is just don't judge anything too quick. I think we're so quick to have an opinion. Like people already have made Marilyn Manson a saint and he's saved, he's changed his life because he sang one song at Sunday service with Kanye. And then there's people that are like, how dare he sing a song with Kanye about Jesus? Like, I'm like, hey, let's just not have an opinion and just wait and see how things play out. That's kind of where I'm at with it. It's like, hey, if the man wants to sing a song to Jesus, especially he probably, it's not like he need to be singing to Jesus a little bit like God help me with whatever issues I've dealt with it sounds like he needs to be in that kind of environment like if anybody needs to be there it needs to be him and I know the thing is well let's not put him on stage but they're all celebrities so at the end of the day they're if he wasn't singing on stage I guarantee you if he was not on stage singing and the paparazzi saw him there the headlines would be no different they'd Hmm. be no different in well, my, as long as opinion. as long as Marilyn Manson isn't trying to feed homeless people on Wednesdays and Saturdays, <laughs> it's all okay. Well, <laughs> well, well okay. The, the the other thing too is, I mean, look, we, you know, Tyler and I were texting about something last night, and like, there's the there is sort of like this. Thanks for leaving me out of the group chat. Nice. <laughs> you wouldn't have got it. Burn. <laughs> um, but like, it was like there is like a double standard with you know, what are, you know, kind of things that are people who are doing things in clear violation of scriptural principles. And I, I, I want to, you know, I feel like I want to put aside like the, 
sexual assault conversation on this because obviously there are victims, direct victims. To Absolutely. Those, you know, to, to those crimes. And I think that's a kind of a separate conversation than some of the, you know, things I'm referencing. Like, you know, when there's an artist to like, you know, for fashion reasons or for, you know, trying to just, uh, you know, gain some headlines, does something that is, you know, looked at as like evil and they wear an upside down cross or have like a pentagram on stage right. or seeing kind of quote unquote, kind of satanic lyrics, whether they're being theatric or authentic, you know, that kind of draws out this like really visceral reaction yeah. from a lot of Christians where they'll boycott. Yeah, we'll have a Christian author or we'll have like a, a worship pastor, you know, uh, or, or a head pastor tweet, let's go, Brandon, which is, right, you know, the sort right. of meme joke of yeah. F Joe Biden, right. which, again, is a clear violation of, you know, if, if let's say, obviously, for those people who are tweeting that Joe Biden is their ideological enemy, I guess. The Bible says, love your enemies, it says pray for your leaders. It says, you know, that my kingdom is not of this world. It says, let no obscene talk, you know, uh, 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 unwholesome talk, leave your mouth. Like there, there is scripture after scripture that says not to do something, but we give people a pass if it's sort of like, well, that's, you know, politics. It's like, no, no, no. We can't hold some guy like Marilyn Manson who doesn't claim to be a Christian or, you know, whatever shock rocker or rapper or artist or whoever we can't hold them to one standard and then on the inside give a pass to these worship leaders and pastors who are out there in clear violation, gleefully posting, you know, something that is has vulgar, uh, you know, origins and just give them a pass like the double standards. It's no wonder why so many uh, you know people on the outside see Christians as hypocrites because we're holding they people preach. to standards that we don't even hold our own leaders to. And I know? think that's like the big issue with the Marilyn Manson stuff is you know, like non, like people outside of the church, they, they don't understand that inside the church, no one views Kanye as a pastor and they don't view Sunday service as like an, a legit, like, you know, weekly service. They just, that's all they know. And so then they see Marilyn on stage and they think, oh, that's who the Christians are like lifting up and putting into the, like giving a mic to. And I think that's where it gets really tricky is that inside the church, we have one view, but we may not necessarily articulate that and i think that creates like a really slippery slope yeah definitely i i think but i also would say if that particular person is using kanye west as the standard for christianity then there there's no way that you're gonna there's nothing you could do that would make that person okay with christianity hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's like at some level it's like hey Guys, anybody with a rational brain is not going to say, yo, we're going to look at Kanye West and Marilyn Manson and Justin Bieber and say they're the standard for Christians doing doing anything. It's like, yo, there's three. There are three and I think that's the issue we're in right now, just in general as a society is we just give too much credence to celebrities on everything. Yeah. Like, we just feel like celebrities, if it's popular people there, we're like, yo, this is important. It's like, no, it's not really in the sense of the, the global church. Kanye and what Marilyn Manson did, it's, it's nothing. They sung a song and it's, it's a rap. But it's like we feel so, so compelled to all these headlines that that really matters to us more than it really should, I think. Jesse, have we considered that the worship leaders and pastors that are gleefully tweeting. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Have we considered that they're actually cheering on our next guest, Brandon Lake, who is doing great things for the kingdom 
and you have just confused the two and they <laughs> I would listen. It would nothing. Would some, of, some of them might actually. Oh, 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 oh. They just may not be aware. I yes. feel bad for Brandon Lake right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go, Brandon! Yay! No, right now, that's, yeah, that's not the case. <laughs> okay, well, that'll do it for relevant news. Stay tuned. Up next, Brandon Lake joins us. Go, Brandon. Listening to the drums, the song is money. Well, today's show is also brought to you by UHSM. I know we're all tired of the rising costs of health care. That's why we're so happy to share a little bit about WeShare. WeShare is a health sharing program powered by UHSM, a Christian health sharing ministry. Now, health sharing is not insurance. These programs are member-based fellowships where faithful people exercise their right to take charge of their own health care. Learn more about how WeShare is restoring faith and healthcare at WeShare.org. Again, that's WeShare.org. Well, our guest today is Brandon Lake. He's a worship artist who's part of both Bethel Music and Maverick City Music. So chances are, if you've heard a worship song in the last three years, you've probably heard Brandon's voice. He also serves as the worship pastor of Seacoast Church in Charleston, North Carolina. The man is busy. Well, Brandon sat down with us to discuss how worship music has shaped his life and where he wants to go next. Here is our conversation with Brandon Lake. I was kind of noticing I was before we started talking I was just going over your career and some of the projects you've been a part of and even more than this is this is fairly common for people in your line of artistry there's there's a lot of collaboration but you work with everybody like you you are with, you are if, if there is a if there is somebody making church music in America not even America in the world you have been you've jumped on a track with them at some point and I'm wondering, A, I mean, you you know more about this than I do. Do you feel like that's true? Do you feel like you have an extra amount of more maybe than most of your colleagues and peers in that industry? Do you feel like you have a collaborative sort of vibe to your work? Yeah, 100%. I think that's just like in my nature, um, in yeah. my character, like that's that's who I am. I'm a people person. I love being around people. Um, I'm, I've got a lot of Enneagram seven in me. Um, uh-huh. I, I get FOMO, uh, big time. Um, yeah. but I just think that, um, it, I've worked really, really hard over the past few years just to steward relationships really well. And to any person I meet, just like give them all of me and, and love on them and encourage them. And I think honestly, that goes a long way. I mean, it could have just been a conference that I ran into Chris Brown and uh-huh. was just talking and getting to know him. And then it led to a, a right Cause I'm three hours down the road from, from elevation. And that's what led me to write with those guys. And, and, uh, it was writing with strangers at first in Atlanta and then just investing in my, in my gift of writing. I just want to be a better writer. 
And that turned into this whole thing called Maverick City Music. Right. And then that's what actually led me to um, be a part of Bethel is I was going to become a Bethel writer. And then they're like, Hey, actually we think there's an opportunity here for you to join our team as an artist. And man, I mean, like if I told you my whole story, it'd just be crazy how many points there was just a connection that led to another one, another open door, another open door. But the consistent thing for me has been, I've always been a local church dude. And mm. I'm a PK. I grew up in a church plant and I'm still a worship pastor at my church. And I don't know, man, I think like, I believe like when you take care of God's church, he's going to take care of you. I mean, we're the hope of the world. And I think why wouldn't God want more collaboration to happen across the church and across these different platforms if it gets the word out there all the more, you know? We started talking to Jesus. of getting Maverick City off the ground was hoping to create more of those collaborative opportunities, particularly with groups of people who aren't always a part of those at those tables or in those rooms uh, when these collaborations are happening. And I'm wondering when we, we talk at Relevant a lot about how Mav City, we'd never heard of it. And then all of a sudden it felt like an indispensable part of like the entire worship music experience. And I'm wondering when you, as somebody who is, who is on the inside from day one, when, at what point did you realize there's something sort of special happening here? Like this is, did, was, was there a moment or was it sort of a slow rolling uh, experience or how would that work out? Man, I think I'm still having those moments of of disbelief, um, mind blown at just the way people have received us, received the music. Um, I think it's been many different moments, obviously going out on tour and seeing the level of hunger and excitement and how these songs have gotten people through these past few years. I honestly... My pastor at home, Pastor Greg, he talks a lot about, you know, God, God can use anybody, but there's, there's something to like right place, right time. And I think God just orchestrated this perfect group of people, not perfect group of people, sure. but the right kind of, of team with the right kind of heart in the right season when we were desperately going to need these songs. And I think he's blessing the heart of it, that collaborative spirit. The I've heard it said, you know, the kingdom is present when the table gets wider. And I, I like think that, that the, I th- what, here's what I think is happening. It's, I think people through the music and through the visuals are, are recognizing what we did early on, that this is a place where all are welcome. And people in Africa and South America and Asia can watch Maverick City and they somehow feel this sense of, I belong here. Like, this is my tribe, you know? And I think that's been the thing that, it's been those moments when I I see a comment on a post or I run into somebody out in public and, and, and when I get to see their sense of ownership in it, having no part of it except just consuming it, but yet they feel a part of the family.
I want to ask you a little bit. You mentioned this briefly. I want to touch on this a little bit more. You mentioned uh, you, how hard you've been working to prioritize the local church uh, and the, the church that you're made a part of. I'm wondering if that's different as somebody, you know, you go on tour, you go, you play st- arena stadium sometimes, and then you go to your church at home, which, which is, I'm sure a very, you know, they're great people, something against them, but it's a very different walking onto that stage is very different. Is that difficult? Is that a hard balance or a hard tension for you to live in? Man, it, the only thing that's difficult is I feel bad. I've not been able to give more time to them. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that, I've heard it said that like a season I'm in right now doing so many things, it's less of a balance and more of a juggle. And there's just going to be seasons where you got to have, you're going to have to like put something down for a second or something's going to be up in the air and you're not like holding all things at one time. And that's one thing that my leadership has been so gracious towards me. They're like, Hey, we understand we're going to get a lot less of you right now, Mm -hmm. but when you are home, we get a better you. And so it's, it's challenging, but it's also the kind of church that they are in leadership. When I come home, it's like no pressure. It's so comfortable. I get up there, sing a song and just hang out. And it just feels like family. Honestly, it's like right now it feels like a family reunion every time I'm home on a weekend. And so um, I think the only challenging part is just, I wish I could do more of it right now, but you know, me and my wife are being um, intentional and, and, about after this season of tour, really focusing on a lot of time at home. And cause you know, I, I want to stay rooted. I want to stay planted, planted things grow. And so that's really important for me and my family. I want to go to church with my kids. You know, um, I want them to see me in the, in the church and run around the halls and it feel like a second home to them. And so, yeah, we make sure that there's enough of that. I know there's still like lots of churches are still in kind of a weird spot with COVID stuff and they don't know what the rules, you know, none of us know what the rules are and getting together and gathering and all of that. And, and uh, from your, and I think that's led to a lot of uncertainty and some, uh, and a lot of sadness and, and some kind of, some kind of hard feelings about even just like our spiritual lives, our doubts, our faith. And I'm wondering if from your perspective, being out there on the road and, and worshiping and, and seeing the seeing something that a lot of us don't get to see a, you know, groups of people praising God together. Haven't seen that in a year or so. What's the temperature out there? What do you see? What, how do you, what do you see God doing in this country as you're traveling around, as you're gathering these people together and has that been encouraging for you as somebody who's been through the same thing the rest of us have been through over the past year and a half or so? Yeah, of course. Of course, man, the picture I just got, and this, this might be dumb. I don't know, but I just, it was like, you know, obviously Jesus being our shepherd, we're the sheep, even though the sheep have been locked up in a pen, they're still hungry and they still need to be fed. And I think people are starving. I think they're starving for the truth. They're starving to worship. They're starving to be in a community and to exercise faith together. So when these people are coming out for the first time, a lot of these people, they're like, this is the first show that I've been to in two years or worship experience. And man, we need that right now. Cause like, I think we've been deprived of it, you know? And I think that's what the church, this is what the church is here for. It's to encourage and to edify and to build up and to love one another and to share in everything that we have. If you look at Acts, it's like we pray together, we worship together, we share in everything together. And we've been so isolated. And so I think people are just so excited to be around 
yeah, just that atmosphere of faith and, and encouragement. That was Brandon Lake. Go make sure to check out his new music. Basically, it's everywhere. Stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. to Benet, the song is doesn't matter which is very different from saying the song doesn't matter so just you know the word is is uh, very important okay it's time for your feedback uh last week i was on a trip with my kid we were up in the mountains and uh got us thinking about family trips and you know, you you know the guys obviously were were making fun of the fact that i was going to get murdered by a halloween <laughs> murderer and they got us thinking about awkward family vacations uh road trips or just family vacations just awkward moments you guys hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast and here's some of your replies danica said one year for christmas my entire extended family 17 people 17 people. Okay, that is a lot of people. That's like a, an elementary school classroom. Piled into a Winnebago motorhome <laughs> and drove from Iowa to Arizona and back. One cousin slept the, nearly the entire time. That cousin knew, knew the best strategy there to, to, to manage that trip. Another cousin stunk up the bathroom after one use, and my dad insisted <laughs> on making zero unnecessary stops. <laughs> I had to say this. Mm. Like... Mm. non-commercial vehicles with restrooms are a terrible idea. There's no reason for the family to have a bathroom in the car because everyone knows everybody. Everyone knows who went in there. Someone's cleaning that up. It's not cooked to a plumbing system. It's just a bad idea all the way around. You know, I, I, I am not a supporter of, of, of toilets and bathrooms in vehicles that, that they don't need or, 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 or that's not needed. It just seems like, hey, why don't we just pull over for the bathroom at the gas station for that cousin? It just seems inappropriate to me. Well, there are 17 people. So that is a lot of st- like, you know, you got a a lot of stuff. I just want to know how they fit 17 people in the because my, my friends have a Winnebago, Winnebago and it's great for two people. I cannot imagine 17 humans in this Winnebago and like being comfortable from Iowa to Arizona. That sounds like my worst nightmare. I mean, even in like a band bus, you've yeah. got like eight. Yeah. You're not rolling 17 deep. It, That's right. crazy. I think this, Danica um, has to be lying about something. Katie Hobby said when uh, her brother and sister and her were in elementary school, their grandparents took them on a four day, seven state road trip. She says the worst trip of her life because they kept fighting and they wouldn't let the kids do anything except look out the window. Dude, grandparents were just at a different level back then, man. Like, that was fun. I remember one time, I remember one time we got in trouble as a kid because we were camping in a Winnebago with my grandparents. And my brother was halfway through an apple. And at the time, he was just done with the apple. You know what I mean? The apples are pretty big. We were young. And 
I remember we got in trouble because my grandmother, you know, they, they, they were just, I mean, they lived through the great depression. They were the greatest generation, but I, and, and we, we are arguably the most smart allocant generation. I remember my grandmother said to him, don't throw that away. Think about all the poor kids, you know, mm. who would die, who would yeah. want the rest of that apple. And my brother leaned yeah. out the Winnebago and started going, poor kids, poor <laughs> kids. I have a half an apple. <laughs> it really made me realize how differently and how much better grandparents see the world. Than, what than was the response? Like, what was the response? I think just shaking the head of like, okay, this is the next generation. Oh we should be content looking out the window. We're in this beautiful country. We're in this great piece of technology. It's like the old, the, the, their old comedy bit where it's like, you know, when you used to go that like, you know, people will, people will fly in a plane across the country and find things to complain about where if you were to make a trip back in the day, like they were talking about a, you know, a trip for like the Oregon trail, the people you started the trip with would be, it could be a whole different group by the end. People died. People were born along the way. Like it was tough, tough sledding. Okay. Like for, Mm. for our grandparents, you know, like we should have a little respect and be like, Hey, Katie, that doesn't sound so bad. Maybe you should have just soaked it in. Maybe if you would have just looked out of the window contently, and maybe if if me and my brother would have ate those apples, we would have had a little nugget about life of just appreciating the small stuff. I, uh, I'm, I'm with your I'm with your grandparents, Katie. My grandma would have pushed me out the window. <laughs> like I'd have been out there, like poor kids. You would have poor pow. kids. Like, that would have been what happened. <laughs> I can't believe he did that. Uh, hey, hey, Clark, change that to say one of my cousins. I'm gonna. Hey, one of my cousins. Said, do not, Clark. Do not. Do not. Oh man. Okay. Well, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Okay, we're we're in November now. It's early November. Uh, it, it was reported that Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You" has reappeared on the Spotify Top 50 charts. It's already happening. Uh, and, and with COVID, you know, uh, timings got changed and weird and all this stuff. So for this week's question of the week, we want to know from you, your thoughts on when you flip the page to Christmas. When do you start putting decorations up? When do you start listening to the music? When is it okay to embrace the season after, after Halloween? Now, you know, do, are you rigid with the Thanksgiving window or has the Christmas, the desire for the Christmas Yuletide cheer overtaken that rigidity and crept up into November. Plus with all the supply chain stuff, you know, people are going to be having to do Christmas shopping way earlier this year. So, so it's just like, when is it Christmas? That's what we want to know from you. Hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast. Tell us your thoughts there or wherever you see us post this question, like on IG and Facebook. And we'll read our favorites on next week's show. Hey, I have I have a multi I have a Shark Tank idea. I'm gonna pitch it around the tank right now. I want to know who's that. All right. For I'm offering I'm offering this idea for five percent equity in my company for an investment of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You do the math. It's a big money idea. I can't okay? do that. So. Like you ever walk around the neighborhood and there's just people that just keep them up all year round. Like it's just Christmas lights, like those icicles. It's midsummer. Yeah. Like I feel like they got past Valentine's Day and they're like, you know, spring's coming. And they're like, you know what? Should we? Yeah. Do- is this the year we just leave? We're the people that we just leave the Christmas lights up because it's a pain. It's a pain to get up in the gutters and to hang them all up. Right. So here's my idea. Here's my idea. 
You know how like the big thing right now is like those uh, uh, string lights, right? They're, those, they're, they're just like industrial lights with like Edison bulbs on them. And it makes every backyard looks like it's a Mumford and Son music video from eight years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like I'm eating dinner under a magnolia tree in Chip and Joe's backyard everywhere I go these days. Like, that's just the vibe. You know? Hey, how about this? What if we convert Christmas lights to these all year round things where they're just like Edison lights, but we have some mechanism that's changed the colors for different times of year. Halloween, they turn orange. Christmas, they turn orange and blue. This way, we're not climbing up on the roofs like a bunch of maniacs half the year trying to clean lights off or hang them. We just have, you know, and it, like I said, it looks like we're coming out of an episode of Fixer Upper wherever we go. It's it's going to be beautiful. People will love it. What do you guys think? I'm going to pass on that. It sounds like a fire hazard. I'm, you know, listen, we're going to let the lawyers worry about nerdy stuff like that. There's two, there are two people that I don't, that don't concern me when I have a business idea. One is attorneys, two is the fire marshal. So Derek, I don't think this is the right fit for you. Sorry, I'm out. (laughs) Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Brandon Lake for joining us today. Make sure to go check out his new music. It is available everywhere. You'll love it. Uh, also, make sure to follow Relevant on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram every day. It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing, what we're publishing, what we're putting out there. Plus, you can interact with us. You'll find the question of the week and a whole lot more. Make sure to follow us on all the socials. And if you're not a social media person, head over to the Relevant homepage where you can sign up for our new daily newsletter, bringing you the top five trending stories at Relevant every morning uh you can sign up there it's a great way to not miss anything even if you're doing a social media fast on that note we'll wrap it i'm cameron strang i'm jesse carey i'm emily brown and i'm Derek minor we will see you on tuesday have a great weekend everyone listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Hey, man, I'm not doing drugs. I call them grugs. Relevant Podcast Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.